We're very blessed to have with us today a contingent of students from John Paul the Great Academy going to Mass before their homecoming dance. I did not do that whenever I was in high school. <laughs> but we're very glad that you're here. Guys, I think I figured it out. I think I finally figured out the key to happiness. And this is it. I hope you're ready. Because it's not what you're going to expect. All you got to do to be happy is look at how much you owe. Look at how much you're indebted. Look at how much you got to pay. Now, I know some of you might be thinking, I don't really have any debts. I kind of am clear to that. I've managed my money well. Some of you might be thinking that the last thing I want to do to be happy is think about my debts. But all of you are probably thinking, this guy is absolutely crazy. But allow me to explain myself. Usually whenever we think of debt, we think of money. And the problem with thinking of money whenever it comes to debt is that there's no love ever between the creditor and the debtor. All a loan is from a bank and oftentimes even with friends is just simply a you scratch my back, I scratch yours. But that's not the debt I'm talking about. The debt I'm, that I'm talking about applies a little bit more to a marriage debt where there's in fact great love. And this is what I mean. Every single woman I've met, just about, would absolutely love to have a man they're married to who would absolutely lay down his ego, his selfishness, and his agendas to die for her, to love her like Christ loved his church. I can't imagine any woman not wanting that. In fact, that's why as, as children, and especially little girls, often dream about being rescued by Prince Charming, that handsome prince. And what that does for the woman, if that does happen, if a Prince Charming does happen to walk into her life, and does lay down his life, as we're all called to do, gentlemen, is that renders the woman permanently indebted to the man for the sacrifice that he made. And it's the same thing or similar things that applies to men. Every man would love a woman who would lay down her life, her ego, her agenda to stand by him no matter what. No matter what happens and no matter what adventure or journey he might be going on to get to Calvary. The destiny of every single man to ever live. And the opportunity for every single woman to be like Mary for her son Jesus. If a woman does choose to do that for a man, that renders the man permanently and forever indebted to the woman. And dare I say that debt, that incredible debt of gratitude for the man laying down his life and the woman laying down hers, is the absolute key to any happy marriage. And that's kind of what I'm talking about. That gives us a tiny glimpse into the key to a happy life. That's the understanding of our debt to God. And that's what this gospel is all about. In this gospel, Peter asked Jesus, Jesus, how many times should we forgive somebody whenever they wrong us? Seven times? This is the golden question. And what Peter proposes, the idea of forgiving somebody seven times, is actually pretty generous. Seven in the Jewish numerology, if you will, is a symbol of perfection. Because it's the symbol of the covenant of the seven days that God took to make all of creation. 
And so whenever he says, should we forgive someone seven times, he's really, he's really, really giving it, um, being generous. But Jesus supersedes that. He says not only seven times, but 70 times seven. As it to say, to absolute fullest perfection. To no end. Forgive somebody, if you will, infinitely. The same way our Father forgives us. But how do we do this? How do we effectively forgive as infinitely as the Father forgives us? And Jesus goes on to give us a parable on how exactly to do that. A man in debt, a massive debt, a debt he could never repay, has his debt forgiven. And then, after receiving that beautiful debt, turns around and chokes another guy to get back a tiny little debt that doesn't really have much of a consequence in his life after having his, a massive debt forgiven. And the problem with the man in this parable is that he took for granted the debt that he was forgiven. It was enormous. He couldn't possibly repay it, and yet he didn't appreciate it at all. So how do we avoid that fate? How do we appreciate the debt that's been repaid to us? This, i, I got to be honest, I find is a lot of prob- a, a problem amongst Americans. I meet people time and time again that have the Blessed Virgin Mary complex. They think they don't sin. They think they're just immaculately conceived and everything's good, and they don't really need anything from God. They don't need anything from the church. They don't need anything. They don't need confession, nothing. It's like they have a spotless soul. It's amazing. I'm always flattered whenever I meet these people. But how do we avoid that? How do we avoid this arrogant mentality to think that we can stand alone? That we don't need the Lord, that we don't need the church, that we don't need any help. And the challenge, and I think the best model that we have to avoid that fate, is to be like St. Francis of Assisi. I love the saints. But St. Francis truly plucks my heartstrings like nobody else. And the reason why I bring it up is because St. Francis was more aware of his debt to God than any other saint to walk the face of the earth. And here's what I mean by it. G.K. Chesterton used to say that St. Francis would walk around, metaphorically, upside down. That's with his head like this. He'd walk around, he'd look look at people like that. I know, it looks a little crazy. It is crazy. But it actually makes a lot of sense. Because whenever you turn your head upside down and see the entire world, one thing that you will notice is that our entire world hangs on by a thread. One beautiful reality of seeing everything upside down, all of creation, is that we are held together by a single thread, a thread of the mercy of God. And if God gets tired of us, all he has to do is let go, and we're done. We're obliterated. We're finished. That's what St. Francis noticed whenever he turned his head upside down and whenever he discovered how truly indebted he was. And that's why St. Francis was by far the happiest saint ever to walk the face of the earth. My friends, St. Francis saw that he did not deserve to be here. That he wasn't an island. There was nothing particularly special or unique or great about him. And that he had no right to even exist. 
But he recognized that God loved him so much that he allowed him to exist. He recognized that his very existence was an incredible privilege that he in no way, shape, or form earned. That it was graciously bestowed upon him. That recognition, my friend, my friends, is what I mean whenever I say to think about our debts. Because let's be honest, is this not beautiful? The beautiful fact that a loving God arranged all of this to happen so that you and I can simply live, even though we could never repay him. The beautiful fact that you and I have been created and we deserve nothing at all to be here. And we could never, ever possibly repay the Lord for creating us. And the crazy part is, that's not even the entire story. Adam and Eve were created. They too had an infinite debt, but they rejected the debt. And they sinned against God who upheld all of creation. And believe it or not, as much as God had a right to do this, he didn't drop the globe. He didn't destroy humanity. He didn't wipe us off the face of the earth, even though once Adam ate that apple, all of humanity mortally sinned against the Father of God. God in his mercy stuck with us. And we, don't, we didn't deserve a bit of it. Humanity sinned against him and had every right to be obliterated. And he remained. But not only did he remain, he became one of us and died on a cross for, on us, forgiving, our, forgiving us of our sins and bringing us to eternal life. Which leads to that great question. How could we ever repay him? We have no right to live in the sight of God. And yet, he allows you and me to keep chugging along. Guys, that's not love. I don't know what is. And if we, like St. Francis, can stand in awe in this amazement, this one astonishing fact that you and I have not only been created out of pure gratitude, but redeemed out of a pure gift, what difference does it stink and make if somebody else insults you? What difference does it make if somebody steals from you? What difference does it make if somebody incurs a debt against you? And that's the point of the gospel. People are going to sin against us, guys. That's the way the world works. But that is nothing compared to the smallest sin we commit against God. And yet, for some unfathomable reason, the simple fact that you and I are still here and breathing and allowed to even serve Him shows us that God can have mercy on us and forgive us of this infinite debt. And if He can do that, why would we not be merciful to our brother and forgive our brothers of those little tiny debts they incur against us? And that is why I say the key to happiness is to remember our debts, especially our infinite debt to God for forgiving us. And so, my friends, as you go forth today, think about those people who have hurt you and forgive them. And smile knowing that for the briefest of moments in forgiving those people who have hurt you, have sinned against you, have insulted you, have incurred some kind of debt against you. Smile. Because for the briefest of moments, you too are being like God, even if it's in the smallest of ways. Because at the end of the day, my dear friends, 
I think you and I can all agree that while contempt breeds misery, ultimately, only forgiveness breeds happiness.